Welcome to Criminal Perspective. I'm Chris. I'm Andrew. On this episode, we have Illinois serial killer Lorenzo Fain. Lorenzo Fain is interesting because his murders were committed pretty much solely for the purpose to commit a necrophilic act with the bodies of his victims. Um, most of his victims were children. We, Te- we get it. Technically under 18. I mean, they're all considered minors minors yeah minors well with the exception of the one he wasn't convicted of but was linked to through dna evidence rita scott who is 32 and that was in milwaukee wisconsin in 1989 the Um, ages the ages go 6 9 14 17 17 and rita scott was 32 yeah and he he killed his victims uh his victims were either stabbed or beaten um, there was strangulation, but mostly it was um, stabbings and beatings and all for the purpose of having sex with the corpses of his victims, which is absolutely fucking atrocious um, when you think about it. I mean, to defile somebody's body like that, but uh, let alone right, a child. Oh, I mean, it's, it's horrible. I, it's so bad. Such a bad case. We we had a, a pretty lengthy interview with Lorenzo, so we're we're gonna we're gonna let everybody know how this breaks down. We're gonna do part one right here, right now. Part two is going to be available on our Patreon. So if you subscribe to Criminal Perspective at patreon.com slash criminal perspective, you can head over there and check out the classified episode containing the second part of this interview, which is you don't want to miss it. I, I mean, just pay the $2.99 and check it out and then after these episodes conclude we're not just going to sit here and kind of analyze it ourselves we got dr lee meller who is i I would say the world's leading expert on necrophilia uh he i mean he's he's awesome amazing guy great friend of the show uh he has his own podcast called murder was the case some people may be familiar with it um so the following week on patreon that classified episode is going to be Dr. Lee Meller analyzing Lorenzo Fain. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, so we, we pretty much, uh, we went all out with this one. So, yeah, I mean, Lorenzo is, uh, he's not short of words. He likes to talk. He likes to talk about the crimes. He, yeah, I've been talking to Lorenzo on and off for a decade. And before we did this podcast with him. I was talking to him about his, I guess it would be necrophilic um, acts with these kids. And he was out in the yard and he was like, you know how Lorenzo is. He's like, man, he's like, man, I got to stop talking about this. I'm leaking shit. And I gotta, I gotta go and walk around these dudes. So he basically was talking about, you know, having sex with all these kids and ejaculated. He says, he, he says a lot of the time he has to masturbate to subside the thoughts or he'll watch other people masturbate to get him off so he won't yeah. have these necrophilic they, thoughts. Yeah, these urges just continuing to go on in his in his brain. Um, 20 plus years later, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not going to break down too much with this right now because a lot of stuff gets covered in the interview and a lot of stuff gets covered with Dr. Lee Meller when we do the analysis. So uh, basically right now, we just want to say that Lorenzo is in prison in Illinois 
um, for the the murders of, of five minors, and there's one adult in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in '89 that he's been linked to uh, pretty definitively, and uh, he does give us a um, pretty much a confession of, about that one, um, and and that that part is is pretty chilling, and people will find out why when they hear it. But yeah, so here is a uh, here is part one of our two-part interview with serial killer and necrophile Lorenzo Fain. What, do you, what can you remember of your childhood? Somewhat a lot of, I mean, pretty much a lot of it. Can you elaborate? You know, did you have a good childhood? Did you have a bad childhood? No. Were you ever abused? Violent. Or? Very violent. Can you elaborate on that? What was violent about it? Was, it? My mother, I drunk a lot. She always went out partying a lot. And there she's prostitute. Your mother was? Yeah. How'd so, that make you feel? When I found out? Yeah, how'd that make you feel? Nothing. I didn't have no feelings about it. I mean, she should have told us. Cause now we understood why, I understood why she's out all the time when we was younger. While my grandmother took care of me coming up. Like I said, my grandmother, from like 71 to 75, 1971 to 1975, she got pregnant with my sister in 72. So, being in 72, well, after 75, she got a house, she got raped. I never, that's one thing I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. Because like I told you, the dude, he broke it out, I hit him here with the hammer. He died right there in the kitchen floor. And you're talking about for. you're talking about your very first murder when you were a child, right? Well, my mother took the blame for it. Right, right. But but even though she took the blame for it, you were responsible for it, right? Yeah, I was responsible for it. Yeah, because she was on top of her. And how and how old were you at this time? Six. So you committed your first murder at the age of six. Well, that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, defending, I, I mean, even defending somebody would, would be, you know, self-defense murder. I don't know, whatever the legal term is. Yeah, that's what they told my mother. They didn't charge her nothing. Yeah, they didn't charge my mother for it. Then she met my two little brother's father. That, that era there was crazy. I remember he shot her one. That was a trip. But my childhood was very violent. I was surrounded by violence. Remember she hit me in the head, bust my head. I still got the scar right here on top of my head. And she didn't take the hospital. Threw me out the window one. This day I wonder if my mother really loved her. Cause she used to do all type of crazy shit to me. So you have, have you always had a strained relationship with her? Uh, my mother? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was never really around her in the 80s because I kept getting in trouble in the 80s. And they kept putting me in homes and group homes and adolescent centers, trying to juvenile jail. So mostly all the 80s, I was locked up. Was there any, ever any sexual abuse, sexual assault? Yeah, I got raped when I was eight. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Mother went out to party one night, left the babysitter at the babysitter, and he tricked me, just per se. 
And I told my father he tied me up in the attic and beat me. So after telling your father that you were raped, you my stepfather. Your yeah. stepfather, he didn't believe you, then he beat you. So on top of being raped, you were I, also... He, be, he believed me because I was bleeding. He just beat you because the fact that you were I raped? I let him do it. I let him do it. That's, that's exactly what he told me. So I let him do it. So how did that make you feel? At the time? I don't know. I can't, I, I can't answer that. But now, I was fucked up to do that to me when I, I come to you because it let me know then that coming to somebody with something that happened to you and you do something wrong, you get punished for it anyway. So what's the me tell you? Right. Well, the the reason I ask about that, because there was a lot of uh, sexual assault involved in your cases, and I'm just curious. All that, of them was. All of them was. All of them were. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just curious as to what you thought about being a victim of sexual assault and then inflicting it on somebody else. What do I think about it? Right. I still had the choice to do it or not to do it, but I did it anyway. Do you know why you so did? I don't, do you know why you nah. did it anyway? No, I just maybe it was just for the sex. Can you pinpoint maybe a, a few few reasons that it could be? Well, I went out with a purpose to try to find somebody to have sex with, male or female. It didn't matter. And. Were you wanting to have sex consensually or against their will or while they were dead? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I didn't really. It didn't matter. Yeah, I like. Like, for example, Glenda, right? She was the third. She was willing to do it. When we did it, I still killed her and did it again. Why is that? I couldn't even answer that. I agree with sexual. What kind of deviant sexual behaviors did you exhibit before you started murdering people for sexual purposes? Peeking through people's windows. That's how I started. Because when I got out of, uh, I got a well in 89, I was 18. And I came down here and didn't know nobody. So I started out, well, maybe first off, I cut through somebody's yard taking a shortcut and the lady was in the house with the window the curtains was open and she was at me and I literally stood there and played with myself did that escalate into you going into people's houses yeah <laughs> yeah I got tired of just looking and then started I guess you could say analyzing or stalking the house to make sure that wasn't you no know, she was there by herself and but that was, that, was, that was the curious part about it because a lot of them never told. Like, for example, I creeped through the window while they was in the house and you know I was in there. But then I grabbed them and threw them on bed and then once I got done doing what I was doing, they never told. I didn't understand that. If those victims had told, do you think that would have stopped your behavior from escalating into murder? Yeah. I think so. Because I think the only reason that I, I think if I was to say now, the only reason that I really, it just, I don't want to say use the word excited me, but it, it, I think that played a big part of it too. Because I didn't have to kill them once I was done with them, I did it again. And you understand? Right. And are you referring to necrophilia, having sex with the corpse every time afterwards? Yeah. 
Where did that come into your mind, thinking that you wanted to have sex with the corpse? Is that something that you thought about just doing happened. prior to the murder? No, it just happened. So is it just a spur of the, spur, spur of the yeah. moment, wanting to just have sex with the corpse? Yeah. How did attacking them and, and the violence of the murder make you feel? Control. So was the was the sexual assault a part of the control more more so of taking their life? Oh, that's good. I never looked at it like that. Because it would happen so fast. I mean I can I can good like this, I can have sex with somebody now, right? Well but back then then I would go out looking to do something else. Right after I got it done. Right. How were you able to cool down? Because I know uh, Latondra Dean, she was stabbed to death in a bathtub, and then three months I put later, her in bath, I put her in the bathtub. Oh, she, you put her in the bathtub, and then three months later, nine-year-old Fallon Flood was found in an abandoned locker. How were you able to control your urges like months apart? With, I don't know what with Fallon. It was different. I don't. It was. I guess it was just the thought of doing it. Did you have other victims in between these murders that nobody knows about? Yeah. Unsolved murders or rapes no, or both? Just, yeah. Rapes? Yeah. How many, can you, can you pinpoint about how many unsolved there are? What do you mean? I mean, unsolved, you can't have an unsolved when they never told. How many did you commit? That wasn't that many. I feel like five. So half a dozen or so? Yeah. And being able to do that kept you from getting the urge to kill and have sex with their body? Yeah. You got I had girlfriends at the time too. That was crazy, but I don't understand. Were you having were you I mean, were you having uh sexual intercourse and things with her? Yeah. But do you just feel that you weren't getting the satisfaction or the attention you needed, therefore you had to go out and commit these rapes and murders? That's what it was. I wasn't getting the attention that I needed. Because sex is good. I mean, all I had to do was call and drive over there. Like Lisa, Tina, Tammy. All I had to do was call them from on the way over there. Was your girlfriend underage or was she of, uh-huh. of age? Less of age. So I, I, I'm noticing a I'm noticing a pattern between your victims besides uh, Rita Scott, um, uh, Rita Scott. Uh, Who was that? You, oh well, it says you were linked to, by DNA evidence to the murder of a 32 year old. Rita. Oh, I never knew her name. Wow, um, that was oh, I forgot about that. That was October '89. So you are responsible for Rita Scott's murder. Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee County. Do you remember how you killed her? With a brick. So you beat her to death with a brick? Yeah. Did you rape her before she was yeah. killed? No. Yeah, after. After? Yeah. So, what's I'm the... About that. Why, why wait until your victim is dead to have sex with them? What's you can put them in any position you want to put them in. You understand me? Theoretically, I, I suppose. Did you feel like you were humiliating them? No. 
that has nothing to do with it? No. You didn't care at all how they felt? No. One way or another. As long as I got off, that's all that really mattered. It was 100% about yourself? Yeah. After you committed the murders, were you worried about getting caught? No. Were, uh, the the reason was the reason for the uh, different mo's bludgeoning, stabbing, strangulation. Were you trying to throw off law enforcement by doing that, or was it just? I never strangled nobody. You didn't. No. Well. Oh no, that's right. No, you're right. I, I keep forgetting. Yeah. You, no, I, I, like I said, I didn't have a thought one way or another about none of that. To be honest with you, I always thought East St. Louis Police Department was a joke. You know, they, they had me, they arrested me one time too and let me go. While you they were out in they, they, I wasn't in the drill. They leave the to talk to me about it. Took me downtown and everything. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Why didn't they let you go? There was no evidence. I have no idea. I have no idea. Did you confess to the murders upon being arrested or did you, did you, well, uh. First time or second time? The second time? Yeah. You did confess the second time? Yeah, my grandma told I need to tell the truth. Why didn't you confess the first time? Because I was under from uh, evading the police traffic. It was a traffic thing. So you didn't feel they bad enough to, to tell them? No, they never that. came up. You never came up. Would you still be killing if you were out on the streets now? I probably would. What yeah. would it take you to stop? What would have made me stop? Right. Having a responsibility. Like what? Well, my, yes, my child. I should have focused more on my child. Does your, does your, does your children know who, nah. who you are? No, nah. no. Nah. What do you think they would so, think if they did? I have no idea what they would think. I can't say I know what they'd think one way or another. I told them, I was going to tell them. They didn't believe. Nobody believed it. That's when, when nobody believes me. Would you ever harm your child? No, just a part of me. You do have feelings that you can care and feel love for others, right? Love is a four-letter word. I think it's more so with your emotions. If your emotions get tired of with somebody, then you're, they are. If that's what you consider love, I've never had emotions for anybody. What stops you from caring about people? My parents. My mother and father, if they can't show me no affectionate love, how am I supposed to show affectionate love towards somebody else? You, y'all need to understand, my childhood was fucked up. You, I, it's hard for me to explain how bad it was. When I, when I told the, the doctors that shit, they was like, hell no. My mother even told them that she, when she threw me out the window, that shit was crazy. How can a mother, your old mother, treat you the way that she treated me? I, 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 to this day, I would not ask her that one. I would never understand that. You're supposed to be my mother. I'm your firstborn child. And you, oh my God, it was just crazy. Did you ever think about killing your mother when you were murdering any of your victims? No. Nah. Nah, that never, hell no. Nah. Was there a reason you preferred children over adults? Well, I had a few adults in there. 
it, it wasn't no particular, I didn't have no particular choice. It was just, it was just whoever was there. How did you choose your methods of killing? Because what I had at the time, it was the choice of weapon. Whatever I had in my hand or at the time is what I used. Did it make you more comfortable to bludgeon your victims? I, I didn't have no set killing or hide and go. It just what happened. Now I'm be thinking about this shit all night. Goodbye. That was part one of our two-part interview with serial killer and necrophile Lorenzo Fain. If you want part two, head over to patreon.com slash criminal perspective, and you can pay $2.99 a month. And uh, I mean, however long you want to pay it is up to you. But when you pay that, you get an extra episode weekly on Patreon. We call it our classified content. There's a lot of great stuff on there. You can get part two of this interview, and then you'll get the analysis of this interview with Dr. Lee Meller. Um, so, I mean, you're not going to want to miss any of that. And on top of it, you can go listen to 30 something episodes that we already have up there. I mean, it's, it's well worth it. So head over to patreon.com slash criminal perspective, check out part two of our interview with Lorenzo Fain. Make sure you check out the analysis with Dr. Lee Meller, and we'll be back here next week with another great episode. So, um, until then, take care and thank you for listening. Right, Andrew? Right. Get off your phone, you dumb asshole. We're trying to make a podcast. We're very professional. Okay, bye. <laughs>